0: Matthew chapter 6, we're just going to read two, well, we'll read four verses, but we're only going to preach on two. We're getting into the, uh, the entrance into what uh, many people call the Lord's Prayer. That's actually a misnomer. The, this is not the Lord's Prayer. This is the Lord teaching us to pray. It's the model prayer. The, mo- the, the actual Lord's Prayer is in another passage where he prays for himself. Uh, This is the model prayer where he teaches us to pray, but we're still walking up to it. So last week we covered the idea of giving and the word of alms there, not of giving to the church, but of giving to the poor. It's it's charity, uh, beneficence, those kind of things. So now we're in verse, we're going to start in verse 5. And it's the same pattern, some of you will recognize, from the first few verses. So verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. The reason they were praying was they wanted to be seen, and they got seen. They got what they wanted. They're not getting anything from the Lord. That's it, okay? Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, singular, talking to each one of us, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. We'll kind of start the thought process of that a little bit this week. Verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the day. And Lord, we do thank you for the practicality of your word. And Lord, I I pray for those that read the Bible and miss the truth of it, that you'd open their eyes to Jesus Christ. Open their eyes to the, Lord, the daily practical benefit that you give us in almost every passage of Scripture. Lord, I pray that you'd help our hearts this morning to be centered, listening, and Lord, that you would help those who have trouble. Uh, Lord, that help them to hear what you'd have them to. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So again, to be fair, I'm not going to cover verse 7 and 8 today, okay? I'm not covering verses 7 and 8. I'm only going to talk about verses 5 and 6. But just so you're aware, the passage includes 7 and 8, and of course, we could move right on into uh, our Father which art in heaven, but that's not where we're going at the moment. Jesus is kind of covering a lot of ground in a short period here, and I don't want to skip anything and be uh, unfair to the Scripture. So, go back to the same thing we talked about last week. This passage, this passage, does not have a command to pray. It's expected. Okay? Okay? Now, we can go to First Thessalonians, okay, where Paul tells them, pray without ceasing. So, I mean, there is a, there is a command, the idea there, First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That's pretty clear and succinct. We're supposed to be praying. But this is Jesus talking to the assembled people there. Now, listen, the Jews are not unaware of prayer. Okay, the Jews are a people who, even though he uses the word hypocrites, the Jews respect prayer. This is, they treat prayer with some serious, I mean, it's serious in their daily, their daily um, life. The hypocrites are what has happened when they have taken what was important and they've lost their vision of God in the process, but we'll, we'll get back to that. So back to my original point, the idea is that there's an expectation that believers should pray. Okay, So if you're not praying, you're missing out. Jesus says, if you're a believer, you're praying. Duh. <laughs> I mean, for heaven's sakes, we, we could talk to, like, we could pick the the person who's just the vaguest interest in Christianity and say, what kind of things should uh, believers do, Christians do? And probably the third or fourth thing out of their mouth at, at the latest is going to be prayer. You know, they ought to be reading their Bible and praying and going to church and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, this, this is an understanding that believers should pray. Now, it's without question that prayer should be part of a believer's life. I don't think that's a question. That's a, it's not like Jesus is saying, uh, hey yo, pray. <laughs> you know, This should be part of your stuff. But Jesus is now dealing with a particular problem that has popped up in, now listen, in a culture that is serious about prayer. Now, uh, I'm not sure that there's too many cultures that don't have some version of prayer. But when I say serious about prayer... Um, I had to crack up with a friend of mine, who uh, he was talking about growing up Catholic, went to Catholic school the whole bit, and uh, they would they'd run over to Catholic church after school over, over to the chapel, and they'd 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 pick one of the kids that their grandma was was still like in purgatory, and then they'd they'd all go through like in a line, and they'd do so many Hail Marys for that grandma, so they could, he said, man, we did. We, we could do like 3,000 of them, you know, the kids just in line, bang, 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 because, you know, they, and the Hail Mary didn't, they weren't thinking about the words. The words meant nothing to them. Uh, it was just, I got to say so many of these to help so-and-so's grandma. Is that You get the picture? Uh, I would say, I would dare say that the Catholics, because of the number of prayers they have, there's books of them, would, we would consider that serious about prayer. Hello? Okay, the Jews have, well anyways, the Jews had a great respect for prayer. I'm serious, if you take, even in English, if you go back and read some of the prayers that they were expected to say. So there's, they had to quote the Shema every day, and some of you might know that. I believe it's, is the Shema number six? Is that the one? I don't remember. But they had to quote the Shema every day. And then they had another that they they had 18 prayers they had to say, all very short, but they had to say all those eighteen. Uh, as a matter of fact, they kept adding to it, but they still call it, did you say you're 18? And so there's, I think, at least 19 now. But th- th- listen, this is, this is just an example of one of the things, a rabbinic saying about prayer. And this is, I mean, this is powerful. He who prays within his house surrounds it with a wall that is stronger than iron. That's a really good statement about prayer and a truth statement but And that's from, that's from a rabbi. That's a rabbinic statement that the Jews brought out. They took this seriously. The problem, again, is that Jesus now is, is, is correcting a problem that happens with prayer and even in cultures that take prayer seriously. Okay? So let me just pause now and ask the members of Jerome Bible Baptist Church. Are we a culture that takes prayer seriously? Yes, so I'm telling you that Jesus is talking to us. He's talking to us, so I want us to listen to this. Um, Barclay, one of the commentators who I like reading for some of the historical content, he says he, he's not getting after them for their seriousness about prayer, because that's good. He's saying they've taken prayer, now it's misguided devotion. We'll explain that here in a little bit. So again, here's, a, here's another example of the Jewish, one of the Jews' prayers. This is one of those they had to say every day. So listen to the words. So man talking to God, Bring us back to thy law, our, O our Father. Bring us back, O King, to thy service. Bring us back to thee by true repentance. Praised be thou, O Lord, who dost accept our repentance. That's good stuff. That's biblical. That's, I mean, that's straight up. I mean, that's, I, wish I'd have, I wish I'd have said that. That's a good thing. But they had to say this every day. Do some of you remember having to do um, pledges in school? Okay. You know, when you first get in around July 4th, boy, you say it, you know, or your my uncle, you know, I get to talk to my uncle about Vietnam, you know, and man, I get all I get all tired about it, but you know, after a while you're like, you know. (laughs) I've got what are we doing today? What, what happened was, listen, listen. What happened was, they had these prayers that the Jews had to say every day. And instead of it being an opportunity for the Jews to actually look to God and say, Lord, would you, would you call me to repentance? And Lord, thank you. Thank you for accepting my repentance. Lord, please help me live the life. It became, it became bring us back to the hour, Father. Bring us back, O King, to thy service. Bring us back to my true repentance. Praise be thou, O Lord, who dost accept our repentance. Hey, what's for breakfast? Does everybody know what I'm talking about? The, instead of the Jews using prayer as an opportunity, these prayers as an opportunity to communicate to God and make it their own, it became the formula to be a successful Jew. What do you mean by that? Can't believe it. Okay, something bad happens to that person. Trip, fall on her face. <gasps> Did you say all 18 of your prayers today? That you hear what I'm saying? The focus was not on God; was on did you say your prayers? Now listen, you ought to pray, but the focus misguided, lost the focus on the prayers orienting us with God Himself, and became I've got to I've got to say all this stuff so I can have a good day today. Oh phew, Got my lucky rabbit's foot. I'm dead serious. There's no difference between someone making sure they got their lucky lucky rabbit foot, and someone saying, "Oh no, I forgot to say my prayers today." I'm telling you, there's no difference. Now I can tell you, um, I can tell you in my own life, I look at my wife all of a sudden, I'm realizing, man, I'm having a really stinky attitude today. You know, like all of a sudden, look at my wife and go, "Oh, we had that morning. This was the morning. Woke up late, had to run right into this, right of this, and I didn't have my devos today. And it wasn't because I needed Lucky's rabbit's foot. I realized I hadn't started my day off with God Himself. There's no luck. Listen, listen. There's no luck attributed to saying your prayers. There's no, there's no like general beneficence because I said my prayers today." You're never going to hear a preacher the preacher not tell you to read your Bible and pray. But why is that? Because of what it connects you to God. But if you're just looking at the reading my Bible and praying, you can, spend, you can do it all day and it's not going to help you if you're only looking at it as a rabbit's foot for your luck in the day. Come on now. I'm talking to us who are serious about this. Making the focus of bad things or good things dependent upon whether or not we said the prayer itself instead of paying attention to the god of the prayer the god who we're talking to is to is is to lose the purpose of what prayer is totally lose the purpose i mean what should have been said to god with with importance and hope and and wish and maybe repentance instead was something repeated so I'm sure no one has ever, because we're all believers here, let's just be honest, none of us have ever said, you know, hey, would, would you say the, Would you ask the blessing on, on the meal? And none of us have ever put on the wrong record. You know exactly what I'm saying. Or asked to pray for something else, you started asking the Lord's blessing on the food. In other words, again, the prayers themselves become luck charms, instead of a way to communicate with God the Father. Amen. Someone chokes on their food and we say, oh, we forgot to pray. Oh, bad luck happened because we didn't use our luck charm. Come on now. Well, God made you choke. Well, come on. Listen, half the time, we, and I say the same thing, half the time we don't even pray right. I say, I say this myself, hey, would you pray for the food? We don't have to pray for the food. We don't pray for the food. You all know that? It's not like praying for the refood is going to, if it would, reduce the calories. (laughs) I guarantee everybody in the world will be praying all the time. Pray for the food because we don't want to get sick. I've prayed for, uh, nearly as I can tell, I've pretty much prayed for every meal I've ever eaten, and I still have gotten food poisoning. It wasn't the goodness of the prayer. It wasn't the luck charm of the prayer. Am I missing it? Uh, You hear what I'm saying? Come on now. (laughs) Is everybody here? We don't, just so you know, this is what the Bible says about prayer for the food. Okay? 1 Timothy 4.4 4, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. You want to properly pray for your food? This is how you do it. Thank you, Lord, for the food. We don't ask the Lord to bless the food. I've been blessed more than enough already. Don't need more blessings. I need to lose some of the blessings from the food. We're supposed to receive it with thanksgiving. Why do we do that? Because it helps us recognize where that food ultimately came from. It was God who gave us the ability. God who gave us the talent. God that gave us the, the, the ability to work with our hands. God that gave us people who would actually give us money to do what we do. Okay, It's God that provided all those things. It's God that provided the grocery store nearby that actually have food. Or a garden that actually does grow. Okay, is everybody here? Mine grows, but it never grows that I want it to grow. But anyways, so, l- listen, we, we keep looking at, and the prayer for the food is something we, is something that we go, Dear Father, hey, would you say grace? Thank you, Lord, you know. Thank you, Lord, as we feed our face, you know. Blah, 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 blah. Amen. So, come on now. Okay, we did that. Now we can go on about the day good. It's funny how some people, you have to actually talk, like my kids and teach them to pray. Okay, that's good. But listen, you're not, you're not quoting a formula here. You're actually talking to God. This isn't just, no, 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 no. They can learn ritual things to do at any, in any religion in the world. Lots of, lots of rituals out there. The ritual is not the point. If the ritual becomes the point, it's, not, it's no better. Literally, it's no better than looking for a four-leaf clover. Amen. The ritual has to have meaning. We are talking to God. Amen. And by the way, if your prayer means hardly anything, your kids aren't going to make it mean much more. If you're not actually talking to God in your prayer, your kids aren't going to talk to God either. Come on now, let's not be surprised about this. Come on. Okay. We're simply reminded with food at least to be thankful to the true source of all of our food and by the way, all of our sustenance. Now, it's Again, New Testament believers, we are taught and we should be serious about prayer and we don't, I think believers don't want it to be just a good luck charm. But even think about what's coming up here in the next few verses. How many of us have quoted the Lord's Prayer and felt kind of warm and fuzzy about it but never really seriously thought about every phrase and what it actually meant in my life right now at this moment? What are we doing? We're just quoting something. We actually would get more into singing, for those of you who would enjoy this, but uh, you know, singing take me out to the ball game while you're standing at the, in the middle of the ball game. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Why? Because they still do all that. Like, we get, we get kind of fe- good feeling about it and all that. You know? That almost stirs our hearts more than the Lord's Prayer. Or maybe we could put the Lord's Prayer to music because that makes everything better, right? We're still not taking, still not taking like the whole thought of like I should actually forgive people because that's in there. They've hurt me horribly and I should forgive them. I'm not forgiving them. Well, then don't say the Lord's Prayer. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be saying the Lord's Prayer. If you're not going to forgive, don't say the Lord's Prayer because it tells you you need to forgive. Ouch. If you don't really look at God and think of God as holy, then quit saying the Lord's Prayer. If you can't look at God's name with reverence, don't say the Lord's Prayer, because our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's serious business. Amen. But boy, if, if we can sing it, maybe we can add a nice... uh at the end and we feel warm and gushy about it yeah we had something really awesome no you just got a nice four leaf clover that looks like religion you never talked to God it salved your conscience maybe your spirit maybe you felt like you did something spiritual but you actually didn't talk to God oh I tried that you didn't try nothing Placing hope in a prayer that it somehow will solve all your problems or at the least make you feel better in them is a big problem. Amen. Well, uh-huh, we're getting away from the passage. Oh, no, we're not. Because that's exactly what the hypocrite is here. The prayer is nothing more than a good luck charm to make myself feel better about myself. Not about actually placing place myself in submission to God himself. It makes me feel like I've done my part to be a christian amen i'll tell you there's people that do a lot of religious stuff that preachers encourage you to do and are good things to do but they don't do it to to gain to gain a relationship with god they don't learn they don't do it to find out who god is they don't do it to talk to god and to understand god and to realize that god does have the answers to life they do it because they think somehow religion will fix me No, religion cannot fix you. Only God knows how to make life work, and he's the only one that can fix you. Amen. Well, I said my Our Fathers, I'm good to go. What are you trusting in, the Father or the Our Fathers? This is a fair question. Amen. Amen. Oh, by the way, for those people who tried reading their Bible and it didn't work for them, guess what? You did the same thing that you do by picking up a four leaf clover and then finding out a lot of good that did. Because you're trying something instead of looking for the God that you're supposed to be trying to see in the middle of this. Amen. Amen. Listen. If your prayer life is not helping you connect with the unbelievable smallness of you and the great immensity of God, you are massively missing something in your prayer life. If it's not helping you acknowledge that God is the provider of all things and without Him we'd be nothing, you're missing, you are literally like you're seeing religion and you're not seeing God in the religion. Listen, if we gotta get we gotta get rid of this whole, and I'm all for it. You've heard me say it before. Some of you are new here, but listen, if this is all there is, if if it's only about the stuff we're doing, I'm done. I'm done. I, why would I put up with all this? Gotta go to church. Gotta have gotta have four four messages prepared every week, you know. And I I gotta you know always be nice. I gotta be the pastor. Can't gotta do all this stuff. I'm being a little bit facetious here. You understand? But if it's only about Say the prayers, read the Bible, do good. If that's all it's about, I'm I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm going to go move my family to the middle of nowhere somewhere and just enjoy my life. But this is about God. If God is real, then this book has reality in it. Not some far off mix up mess. And prayer is something that actually should help a human touch the face of God. Not you know, mystical, no, but actually I can talk to God and know He has heard me, not because I feel something, but because of the truth that God has given me right here. Amen. Amen. Again, what prayer is, even for believers, now believers, you can pretend this isn't true all you want, but often, even for us, because we're human, prayer becomes nothing more than a daily handle by which we feel like maybe I can stir up God's good graces and He might answer a couple today. It's like a handle which I can kind of manipulate. Maybe I can wiggle around and bump open something and maybe God will give me some blessings today. Is everybody here? Essentially what we're doing is we're living on the throne of our life, we're making each decision in our life, and we throw a prayer at God hoping that he will assist us in our decisions in the day. And that is not what God teaches. That's not who God is. God will not submit himself to you on the throne. Well, I tried that. Yeah, what you tried was, I want this. God, would you please give me this? See, see, see? (laughs) See? Because God's your servant, right? No, if God is real, then He is almighty. He is universal, He is all-powerful. He doesn't bend his knee to us. But He did on the cross because it's what we needed, not because it's what we wanted. You hear that? So what's happened? We' become the hypocrites. Well, I prayed. God's fault we become the hypocrites well I'm a Christian I'm a believer in God but God doesn't answer my prayer what do you, do, those guys are out there praying in public do you think they're praying to God no What does it said so they can be seen they were praying for the for the benefit of all those around them because they wanted to seem spiritual well I have a prayer life While I was in my prayer and devotions the other day, now listen, there are times when we need to hear some of that and we ought to be sharing it, but sometimes we say stuff like that because we want to feel better about ourselves, because we want to feel like I'm spiritual, instead of actually just talking to God about it. Listen, in our passage, Jesus is talking about people who are using prayer for personal benefit. You see that? They're using prayer for personal benefit. How can this prayer help me not... How am I talking to God and yielding myself to God alone? That's a hypocrite. Out loud, in public. Now I'm going to address the secret thing real quick, and we're going to move on. What does it mean, secret? Again, through this whole Sermon on the Mount. Remember, Jesus is using these exaggerated um, illustrations. They're out in public, praying on the street corners, calling attention to themselves. You know, what do you need to do? Well, this this closet is like literally the place in every Jewish home that's completely dark, where they stored all their, like, um, things that had to be stored in the dark, food food items and stuff. So you go in there, shut the door, where it's completely dark, and it's only just you and God. The idea is, your prayer life, your prayer life, the things that are important to you, that's what you share between you and God, and God alone. Well, what about public prayer? Well, guess what? The things that are important to this church, this church should bring in secret to God. Not each individual, the church together. Things that are important to a family or a couple, we should bring together. Is everybody here? My, my wife and I, we need, we need something together. We agree on something together. We don't go blabbing out to everyone else. Okay. You know it's amazing even how, much, how sometimes there's something we need and then somehow a situation arises and we think oh, maybe this is God's way I can manipulate this situation. Come on now. I'll mention this need here to these people because maybe they can. Nobody here is human. I, we we just took a camping trip, you know, and we had to drive up through, you know, the movie star cities up there. Uh, you know, I, I sat next to a guy that was, uh, I'm, I'm like, matter of fact, is when I first flew in, and Brother Zane picked me up, and he was explaining to me the whole Sun Valley area, and I was, he was some... Uh, he was some EVP for a, a big oil company. I'm just sitting next to the guy we're talking. He's oh, yeah. He said it's a place, you know, high net worth, second home individuals, movie stars and all that. That's, that's what i are like, oh, well, I didn't know all that. You know, he's telling me about this. So, you know, you know, it's funny. You drive up there and, you, and you, you're driving up and, you know, there goes a Corvette, Porsche, Porsche, Corvette, Bronco. <laughs> that's a Bentley. <laughs> Holy cow. And then you drive past this ranch and that ranch. And you see all this stuff. You hear what I'm saying? And then your brain does human things. Must be nice to live like that. I, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool if like, you know, like some move, like Tom Hanks just broke, broke down on the side of the road. I could give him a ride. And then he'd be, you know, naturally beneficent. Oh, I've never thought of that. You're a liar. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And you're all, all of a sudden, the Lord's like, uh, who's your trust in? Hollywood stars or? Like, yeah, that's right. I'm just funny that even like that would ever happened to anybody. But you hear what I'm saying? It's like we, listen, follow me along. Listen, I'm going to shift gears here for a sec, but I want you to stay with me. Many of you know uh, the song that Jiminy Cricket sings? I know you know it, because every time the little Disney theme pops up and the little star goes across, that's the song. Yep. When you wish upon a star. I can't even get as high as he does, so I'm not even try that next line. American Films Institute. American Films Institute. They, they judge a lot of stuff across all movies. They said that song is the seventh best and most influential song of all movies of all time. When you wish upon a star. I still enjoy singing, hearing Jiminy Cricket sing that song, you know, when you wish upon a star. I find myself whistling it while I'm walking through the house. Did you ever wonder where that comes from, when you wish upon a star? I remember being a little kid, you know, starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might, have the wish I wish tonight. Does, does everybody know that? Because you know, I saw a shooting star? And we know that we're not actually wishing on the star, right? We just kind of throw up a hope, you know, oh, it's a good time for a wish. You ever wonder where that came from? So, I, I, I mean, I'm sure stuff like this has been around for all time, okay? I mean, rabbit's foots, lucky um, lucky charms, not the cereal, four-leaf clovers, all that kind of stuff. So, I just, just a little bit of, of looking, and this is the, the basic understanding, okay, is that either Ptolemy or sometime around Ptolemy, because Ptolemy was the, the first real astronomer. I don't know if you all know that. Now, it's interesting, we all looked at Ptolemy, but he also couldn't separate astronomy from astrology. But he was the first real scientist. Uh, anyways. Um, but he did a lot of cool stuff. I mean, he actually understood the circle of the earth and all that. But anyways, it's said that Ptolemy said that, that when a shooting star happens, that's because one of the Greek gods was looking down on earth, because they're always interested in what's going on on earth, and it tore the fabric of space a little bit when they peeked through, and it caused the stars to shift out of alignment. And so if you saw a star move, it was a good time to throw up a wish because the gods happened to be looking down at that moment. They're more receptive to some wishes. And if you know anything about the Greek gods or the Egyptian gods or any of those other gods, you may get what you want, and you may not. (laughs) is everybody here but you know it's do you know what it's like though to have that maybe some of you might have to reach back way back in your memory but do you remember what it's like to have that hope in your heart you don't really you're not aiming it at the star but you just kind of hope this will happen come on there's a wish you got this wish there's a shooting star Well, there's a good time up give it a shot it's a four-leaf clover. Why not? What could it hurt? I'll give it a shot. Is anybody right here? This whole "when you wish upon a star" thing. This is this captured. This gained big-time traction. Some of some of you are old enough to remember Glenn Campbell saying it, or the Glenn Campbell Group saying it. Beyonce saying it. The Beach Boys patterned one of their songs after it purposefully. And even Gene Simmons. You know who Gene Simmons is? Kiss, the long tongue guy. Okay, the rock star, the rock group Kiss. He said he literally felt, the, hearing Jiminy Cricket, he felt as if the song was literally talking to him in person, by name. Gene, Gene, you should go for it. Reach for the stars. You know what that is? That's hope. Hope on what? If you just believe believe in what? Well you just gotta have faith in what? Again don't answer that question because all those songs have no object of faith. It's just the hope that it's based on. Well you know you just gotta have a positive attitude. Yeah, hope. Positive attitude usually helps a lot of people. It's better than a negative attitude. But if that's what you're hoping, you're hoping is, you know, I'm just going to keep on hope. You know, just got to keep on hoping. Just got to keep on believing. What, you know, what, what, you know what, and you're going, some of you are going, well, how are you, why are you bringing this up? Because of the word prayer in here. I never really connected it off, So I never looked at it. But you know the word prayer is, made, is, is a combo word. It's a, it's a put together of two words. You, you know what I'm talking about? Two words put together to make one word prayer. The first word means to approach. Sounds good. If you can approach God, that sounds prayer. The second word is, is meaning this. Request, supplicate, which is request, worship, and wish. Hear that? Wish. You know what we need to get in our head about God? If you got a wish, don't take it to the stars. Take it to the God of The stars. And then don't look at him as some, you know, God from a judgment throne, but think about him, listen, a good father. Listen, a good father. Even a halfway decent father. When one of his children comes with a wish, what does that father want to do? He'll look at the wish. He'll want to grant it. There's a request he might want to grant But at the same time, he might know it's not a good time for that right now. Daddy, 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 I want to ride the big roller coaster. (laughs) You know, that's why they finally had to start putting height things in because Dad's couldn't learn to say no. (laughs) So someone else can say no for him and they can go, (laughs) shoo. Daddy, Daddy, I want to go hunting with you. You know, how do you explain to a kid, are you ready to walk 10, 12, 15 miles? I mean, when they're listening, you know, you're ready to lug it back? You're ready to. You're ready to you know, there are some things, I, I, I remember uh, the story of Corey Tenboom when she's just a little girl. And she started hearing all the stories about, you know, where babies come from. And she turned to her dad and said, Dad, I don't remember what the exact question was, but some, something along the way, where where do babies come from? And her, her dad was a, a repairman and had a big suitcase full of tools. And, I mean, wisdom from a, a good father. He walked along a few steps, and not saying nothing, and then he put his suitcase down and says, Hey, Corey, why don't you carry that for me a while? And started walking away, and she grabbed it, and she's trying to lift it. <laughs> oh, Dad, it's too heavy. And he turned around and said, Yeah, Corey, that question you asked, it's a little too heavy for you right now. One day you'll grow up, you'll be able to handle the answer like the thing. But not right now, you're not. A good father understands that there are some things my kids should not have right now, even though they want it, even though it's a good thing. Listen, when we go to our father with prayers and supplications and wishes and let let the father be the father, and sometimes say, No. All listen, all you dads know exactly what I'm talking about when the girls walk up, especially the girls. Daddy, and instantly the guard goes up and down and up and down and up. <laughs> like, oh, crud! They got me wrapped around their finger. But I pro- this, what's coming, I'm probably going to have to say no. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to be manipulated by my girls either. If I feel like I'm just being manipulated so and get what they want, the answer is going to be no. Why? Because that's not, that's not how we get stuff. We don't get stuff by, well, it's worked for me in the past. Yeah, it's, but you pay for it. Listen, come on, what is prayer? What are we talking about? Here's God saying, the Jews had taken prayer and turned it into something that was just a good luck charm that they threw out towards a God somewhere. Maybe they might get some good stuff out of it, but oh well, I've got to live my life anyway. And for everyone else to think I'm a good person, I'm going to throw up these prayers. For me to feel good about myself, I'm going to throw up these prayers. Come on now. And here's Jesus, here's Jesus saying, listen, that's, that's hypocritical. Totally hypocritical. Your conversation and the things that you need and the things, that you, the things that you wish for, the things that you dream for, the things that you hope for, those, you need to go to God himself with those. As if he is God. Amen. And allow God to give the answer that he chooses best and accept it. Amen. have yep. you ever thought, listen, you know it's funny how when we look at prayer to God, we don't really think about wishes, do we? Come on now. It's funny how we get, we, you know, we can have a little movie like, you know, Jiminy Cricket singing When You Wish Upon a Star, and we can feel warm and fuzzies, but that's exactly what God's saying. That's what I want you to do with me. Not the prayer itself. I want you to come to me with wishes. The needs. What what does God say there? God already knows what you need, doesn't he? Look at look at right this there's verse 8. Your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Father doesn't father already knows what you need. Sometimes what you need might be a little extra work. Sometimes what you need might be a better work ethic. Sometimes what you need might be some patience. Might not be what you asked for. Is everybody here? We need to stop looking at prayer as a lucky charm. Amen. And I'm just I'm just gonna aim this at dads. If you're at your house or, or mom's, if you're leading the house, listen. If you're if you're like it's time to pray for the food, pray to God. Don't pray for the food. You Hear me? Pray to God. Don't just pray for the food. When it comes time for your prayer in the morning, pray to God. Don't say your prayers. When you go to bed at night, pray to God. Because it says there, your Father which seeth in secret will reward thee openly. Prayers aren't stuff that I manipulate. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been praying for that. We used to always be suspicious of missionaries. Uh, missionaries come through when we're, we're in evangelism, and we even call some evangelists that. We'd sometimes call them moochinaries. Because they'd walk into a church and start talking about everything they needed, right off the bat. I mean, like, Pastor Nerve even said a word. They got like 30 people, and they're talking about, yeah, we need new tires for our trailer. Yeah, like two grand worth of tires. <laughs> well, then, probably a grand. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Trying to manipulate to get what they want? I've been praying for that, and I'm going to manipulate over here to get the answer I want. God answered my prayers. No, you answered your prayers. Amen. Amen. Listen, go to God. I'll tell you why a lot of people, a lot of believers have a hard time with prayer because they've not done their prayer in secret to see God answer their prayer in secret. And maybe the problem is that they're tired of hearing God say no because all the stuff they're asking for has nothing to do with their own spiritual life or nothing to do with God himself or the furtherance of the kingdom or the furtherance of God on the earth. Amen. Everybody here? God, I want this. Great. I'd love to have $2 million too. Amen. Stop, stop talking and start talking to God. Stop praying, stop tossing your hopes at the stars and start talking to a God who made the stars. There's only one person who can make wishes come true. There's only one person who loves us, loves us to know, even us adults, loves us enough to know you don't need that and you do need this. Amen. And it's not unlike God to even grant a few precious wishes. I'm going to leave you with one, one illustration. Uh, okay, I'm trying to nick a letter downstairs so I can get away with it when we first moved here, I don't know if I've told you all this or not, but when we first moved here, uh, we moved Autumn away from all of her friends while she's a teenager. How old was she when we moved here? 18? 18 years old. So 18 years old, there's starting to be some embedded friendships all elsewhere. Um, And at the same time, some of her friends, she had some of our friends who had watched them make some horrible decisions. And just, I mean, the friendships just ended. So when we moved here, Autumn had almost no friends. And if you're a parent and you got a kid that ain't got no friends, no one they can talk to, no one they can share some time with. I'll tell you that hurts. My wife and I were, you know, we know we're doing what God wants us to. There's no question of that. And so we're just, but one day it just hurt. It just hurt worse than others. And my wife I don't remember what the situation was, but my wife and I, we sat down and we prayed. We asked the Lord, Lord, please, just something for Autumn. I mean, we're both in tears. I remember being at work in tears, calling my wife and finding out she's in tears at home. We're both praying the same thing, just, Lord, please. I don't even know what, I don't know, I mean, can you bring somebody or do something? And I'm telling you, within, I don't know, it seemed like just almost no time at all, We got a text from Nicolette saying, hey, Trenton and I are going to the rodeo tonight. Can Autumn go? And my wife and I burst into tears. (laughs) It's a wish. She would have survived a few more days. We know, I mean, how many of you are still friends with people you were friends with in fourth grade? You know, (laughs) or sometimes even in high school. But You know, we found out two things that day. Number one, God answers prayer. And God sometimes even reaches reaches in and answers wishes. It's funny, God always uses people, almost always uses people to do it. Don't tell me God doesn't care. And don't tell me God doesn't answer prayer. God absolutely answers prayers. There are some he holds off on because you're not ready for it yet. And there are some he says no on, just like a good father should. But we need to stop hoping in stuff that doesn't have any basis in reality. We need to stop getting warm and fuzzies about stars and rabbit's foot and four-leaf clovers and salt over the shoulder and whatever else you want to throw out, out there. Amen. There's God and God alone. And you need to take your prayers to God and God alone. Father...